Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the burden of goof. Michelle brings the case against her fiancé, Josh. She says Josh is a prankster, and she enjoys his playful nature. But the practical jokes have gotten out of hand. She wants him to tone it down now. Josh says that his intentions are good, and that everybody has a good laugh afterwards. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and offers the obscure cultural reference. Hello? Hello? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Hello? Hello? Do you know who I am? This is John Hodgman. Hello? Hello? Guys, you have to answer me. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was the obscure cultural reference. Yes, we know who you are. We know who you are, Judge. This is John Hodgman. Have you by any chance lost your kitty? Uh, yes, well, we have, have lost her. our kitty. Are there things that make you angry? Hello? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Do you believe in monsters? Yes. No. <laughs> well, there's no such thing as monsters. There aren't even live dinosaurs anymore. Hello? I remember one time, some of our neighbors who were studying ballet got dressed up to look like raccoons. One of them was a mother raccoon, and the other a father raccoon. And there was a boy raccoon and a girl raccoon, and they made up a dance about that family. Hello? Hello? We're listening. Yes, we're listening. Have you ever had a checkup? Yes. Yes. This is John Hodgman. Hello? (laughs) Hello. Okay, Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God or whatever? Yes, we do. Yes. Do you pledge to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that there are those who are convinced his entire public persona is a prank? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? You may be seated. Josh and or Michelle, for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors, can either of you name the piece of obscure culture that I was referencing when I was trying to engage you in a conversation? (laughs) Yeah. uh, No, Your Honor. I didn't even know you were doing the cultural reference at the time. I I cannot. That was a very confusing one. I know. You guys were so anxious to talk to me before we started recording. And the moment I said hello, nothing. Nothing. You didn't talk at all. <laughs> but were you were you confused? Sure, we were. Yeah. That's what a prank is. Maybe yeah. a, maybe a little distressed. Perhaps a little. Yes. Yeah, because I was prank calling you. <laughs> I was doing a prank on you. Yeah. Mm. I was referencing a famous series of prank calls where someone on the internet and I could not find out who to whom I could give credit for this took sound bites from Mr. Rogers and called various people 
and would play the sound bites and engage people in conversation with the recorded voice. And my favorite one, and the one that makes me and my wife laugh the most, is Mr. Rogers calling up various humans and going, have you ever had a checkup? (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to have to find that immediately. Yeah, that's good. So you did not... You did not recognize that cultural reference, so neither of you gets an immediate summary judgment in your favor. Thus, may I turn to the plaintiff. Michelle, you bring this case against your husband, Josh, because he is a terrible prankster. Tell me about that. Well, um, he. I will start off by saying he is a wonderful person. And a fiancé. Yes, he is my, he's not I my husband I will be yet, the but... judge of that. Okay, okay. Um so Josh and maybe has a very, he and I will get married. <laughs> perhaps you could. It's it's legal in many places, but I would be sad. Where you are, if I understand correctly, you are in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Is that right? We are indeed. Yes. It is super legal there. It is. <laughs> all right. Super go on. I apologize. Um, quite all right. So uh, Josh is a very fun, loving person. He uh, he gets a kick out of sort of getting people a little riled up, particularly me because I'm fairly rileable, if that is a word. Um, So he likes to mess with me a fair amount um, from the sort of more subtle uh, sorts of antics, um, convincing me of things that are not true, removing items that I have taken out and intend to use. I turn around and they've disappeared. Give um, me an example. Be specific. What item would he remove that you were about to use? I would perhaps take, like, my a spoon out in order to eat something and i turn around to grab a bowl what kind of I, thing <laughs> a bowl of cereal perhaps yeah i want and i want I specific turn, details okay all right so i will put hot the spoon down cereal. on the counter yes i'm sorry hot or cold cereal probably maybe oatmeal maybe oatmeal <laughs> fine <laughs> and then he'll grab the spoon he will grab the spoon, he will place it somewhere else, or he will tuck it in his pocket, and uh, I will turn back, and it will have been removed. And I used to question whether I had misplaced the items, but I now sure. no longer do that. I know that they've been removed. Sure. You began to wonder if something had been going wrong with your brain, and maybe you were going to die. Sure. And then everyone laughed and laughed. At first you thought you were crazy, later you learned... That you were engaged to a jerk. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, does, he go, does he go around the house dimming all the lights all the time? Until you st- uh, start to think you're going blind? <laughs> literally, well, quasi literally gaslighting you? Not yet, but I think he's going to start to get some more ideas. He will turn off the lights occasionally when I'm in the shower. Um, sure. That happens. Yeah. That's not terrifying. It's a classic. Um, so, you know, things of sort of that level don't tend to actually bother me. We do get a kick out of them, although the shower thing oh, I don't so love. so there's no conflict but, uh, at all. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there are certain types of pranks that um, I am not really happy with. That's why I brought the case today. Um, Josh has taken to, since the time that we um, have lived together, which is about six months ago that we moved in together, he began to um, hide um, around the house or, um, you know, anywhere where we're on vacation, he will find hiding places and then he will enjoy jumping out and scaring me, um, from those hiding places. What? And yes, indeed. <laughs> 
So occasionally and I come home when, and I get a text. I look at my phone. The, and I... What is the age of consent in your state? Is it even legal for you to marry a four-year-old? <laughs> it might it might be that, Jesse, but it might also be that she's marrying a cat. <laughs> That's also possible. Or an actual ghost. That's true. Oh, I didn't Josh, even consider that. How do you respond to these charges? Are you a cat, a ghost, or a four-year-old? Uh, I am uh, neither, Your Honor. I am but a man. What is your age, sir? I am 35 years old. All right. And Michelle, you would like me to order Josh to stop jumping out of corners and scaring you? That is correct. And, and any level of prank above that? Yes, I, I've not yet seen levels above that, but it's certainly possible that... Uh... So I object, that style, Your Honor. <laughs> I object to you, seen... sir. I am talking to your wife. Shut up. You can't jump Beyonce. out of a corner and scare me. Shut your pie hole. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited that he said that. I knew it was going to happen. You want um, me to? You want me to order him to stop performing that level of prank or that specific yes. prank or all yes, pranks? I particularly, no, not all pranks. I, I, I don't want him to not be who he is. I know that is uh, sort of endemic to his nature, and he really enjoys it. And we do tend to get a laugh out of a lot of these sort of uh, antics. Um, most of the time, I'm, I'm quite happy to tolerate them. Um, but mm. the jumping out and the scaring is, it has, it has I've grown weary of it. Um, how, so. how, often, how often does it occur, would you say? I feel like it used to happen more frequently that he would be, I'd come home, I'd get a text that says, find me, and I'd have to go searching around the house for him. Um, now I'd say maybe maybe once a month or something like that. This, that is, beca- this is becoming now. very interesting. <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm getting a view into your lives together. It is very intimate indeed. This is like like a romper room version of an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Josh, it's not quite that uh, that interesting, I don't think. But um, all right, I will I will hear Josh's objection. Josh, why are you, you Honor. trying to run your relationship like a weird scavenger hunt slash <laughs> haunted house? Uh, why, Your Honor? Yeah. Um, well, as Michelle has uh, previously stated, uh, she is easily rileable, as oh, she's she put weak it. And, and you're exploiting that weakness? Uh, a little bit. I mean, she is very, uh, you know, pardon this expression, it usually has a negative connotation, but she is uh, gullible, um, and mm-hmm. uh, she believes explain like. To what, me, explain to me the non negative connotation of gullible. <laughs> uh, okay, let me let me change that. How is uh, that? How is that a compliment? Um, innocent or naive? I I, oh. I, I don't. Whichever one has the best connotation, because right. we're not married Ch- yet. Childlike um, and dumb. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but your honor, um, you know, she believes you know things that I tell her and um, things. Uh, like what sort of things? About. What sort of things did you tell her that she believed that you found to be hilarious? Oh, this is so good! This is so good. So we went on vacation. We went to uh, Maine to sure. uh, this great uh, beach uh, front hotel. I was telling her a story with Topher Grace, and oh, he was there uh, too. <laughs> he was not there, um, oh. but I was using. Um, 
Pretty Woman, like the story of Pretty Woman and inserting Topher Grace in as the Julia Roberts character. And she listened to me up until the point, I believe, where Richard Gere and Topher Grace were going to get on a plane somewhere. Uh, she listened to me for a very long time. She's embarrassed right now. No, it's I object because this is untrue, but... What's untrue? Continued. The, the point at the story at which I began to laugh, it was actually quite a bit earlier okay. than that. Um, I, but I you might were re- be... You were, you were saying to your bride-to-be on a painful beach in Maine, hey, did you ever see that movie Pretty Woman? Here's the plot. It's about Richard Gere saving Topher Grace from a life of prostitution. I never said Pretty Woman, but I did use, like, Topher Grace is a prostitute and so on and so forth. Yes, Your Honor. And what I want to see, I always like to see how far I can take it with her. What must and, it be like? Uh, so I almost can go all the way. All right. The big gag in this was you trying to convince her that there was a movie with Richard Gere and Topher Grace where Topher Grace was a prostitute? That's correct. See, Jesse, that's not even the thing that really impresses me. <laughs> about this story. The the big impression I take away from it is that of an evening, it would be normal for them to just sit down and synopsize a movie to one to the other. <laughs> what what must it be like to not have children? <laughs> what fun you must have since you have all the time in the world. It's like living in uh, like a fallout shelter. Yeah. You know, it's after, like Canterbury Tales. After month four. Yeah. Just who remembers a movie that we haven't yet recounted? Jesse, let me ask you a question. You're a little bit younger than me, and I don't know what movie-going procedures was like when you were a youth, but were there still R-rated movies then? <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and were you allowed to go to R-rated movies? No. Uh, well, I guess in, so, in some cases, yeah. An, an artful one. Yeah, an, an artful R-rated yeah, I was movie. allowed to go see 1984, yeah. the movie of 1984, because it was literary. I think my mom took me to see the Milagro Beanfield War. <laughs> sure, Ruben Blades, of course. <laughs> Just a big Ruben Blades fan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but was there a kid, like, was there one kid who was allowed to see all the R-rated movies and then would he come and and hold court in the cafeteria and describe the every plot beat of, like, John Carpenter's The Fog to you? The school I attended had no cafeteria, but other than that, everything checks out those exactly. Are, those it would have true, been on the basketball court. The true storytellers. Yeah. The, the modern homers. Sure. <laughs> and then also Josh. Josh. Yes, Your Honor. I was told that you you hacked into her computer somehow. Uh, I had her believing. This goes to the gullibility, Your Honor. She had yes. made a donation. Um, to a I cause. believe it was for the ALS challenge. She sure. had made a donation for the ALS challenge. And, and then for you dumped a bucket re- of ice water on her head? Um, and that, that was came the prank? later. The, this, I did. I bumped, dumped a bucket of ice yeah. over my own head. She actually Good made job. the donation first. Um, and so... Okay, so she made a donation to the ALS fund. Yeah. So she's and in then. She's in our, um, in our den, in our... Uh, in our uh, office. Office. And I'm out right. on the couch. For some reason, I receive an email thanking me for the donation. And all of Michelle's... Uh, you know, her name and, you know, part of her credit card information. And I called to her, you know, I thought this, I always try to look for opportunity. 
And I called mm-hmm. to her and I said, wow, that was a large donation you just made. She's like, excuse me? I'm like, that was a large donation you just made uh, to the ALS Foundation. And she's like, how do you know that I just made a donation? And she's very serious. Sure. And, and so I said to her, I don't want to, I don't want to say And so she just inquires more. She actually sat down next to me and she's like, seriously, how do you know? And I said, well, I put some um, software on your computer. Um, So I, you know, I just want to make sure we're getting married. I could trust you. And so I put some software on your computer to just track your track, what you do on the computer. She's like, we have to have a talk right now. That was right. You told her that you were monitoring her every mo- movement. That's correct. That's correct. So that, so that, so that you could trust her. <laughs> exactly, Your Honor. Exactly. Um, so it got very serious, and she wanted to see. I said, I looked at it right here. She's like, tell me what you know. And I started reading the email that I received from my iPad. And she tried to grab my iPad, uh, my tablet device away from me. <laughs> and... Uh, it's at that point that I finally, um, you know, admit it. Because that's the thing with all of these pranks. Um, I always so how, admit, mm-hmm. admit to, and then we have a good laugh together. You know, I admitted that for some reason, I think it was on, you know, one of her emails, like it just ended up sending to me. And right. I told her, I said, I don't know what happened, but it just sent me the email. Yeah, yeah. And sure yeah. Enough, the actual explanation we, is not that interesting. It happens all the time. For default, yeah, okay. But the prank... So, yeah is interesting. Very. Because for a moment, you thought it would be hilarious to convince your wife that Fiance. you were some kind of weird controlling monster. Yes, yes. And Michelle, or your wife-to-be, I should say, I apologize. Michelle, how did you feel? Did you have a good laugh when he revealed it to you? Um, we had a laugh. I think um, that one was not as good of a laugh, but I think, I mean, I had a hard time actually believing that he would do what he said he would. And I was very, I think he would agree. I was pretty disbelieving. And that's why I wanted to see, I wanted to see the evidence of his, of his wrongdoing did, there. Right. You didn't, so you didn't believe him. You didn't, how not did, fully, uh, I did not fully believe him, but I was trying no, to come okay. up with another explanation as to, and I couldn't figure out what an alternate explanation would have, you know, would have been to make sense. Of course, the real explanation was not so. Uh, how long have you? Outlandish. How long have you known him? Uh, about a year and a half. Oh, and you're engaged to be married already. We are. So it's very. You don't know him very well. It's very possible that he is a controlling monster and a psychopath. That would be unfortunate. How did you meet? We met online. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's the 21st century. Are you in the same room currently? Have you ever actually met in person? We <laughs> we have, yes. Do you need help in any way? Just I do not need help. I do not feel threatened or afraid okay. or uh, intimidated uh-huh. in my relationship. I see. All right. Thank you for asking. What do you do for a living there in Massachusetts? Um, I am the program director of a nonprofit organization that... All right. um, I can be more detailed if you wish, but I don't have to be. I don't no, want to no, buzz market my organization. That sounds lovely. And you're about the same age, I presume, 35 there yes. about, thereabouts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. And Josh, I, I presume that you stay at home all day and make prank phone calls in your underwear? Um, I do during the summer, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Don't tell me that you're a student. I am a teacher, Your Honor. 
Oh, all right. What what grade level do you teach? I teach high school. Mm-hmm. And do you ever play pranks on your students? Yes, I do, Your Honor. Uh, what uh, subject do you teach? History. And so you teach them a lot of fake history? <laughs> uh, you no, tell them a bunch of lies? Talk, we actually discuss uh, lies that are taught throughout history. So today we discussed uh, Pocahontas, uh, the Disney version of Pocahontas. That didn't exist? I was pretty sure I saw it. That's not real? Definitely seen the colors of the wind. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Topher Grace was in it and uh, Richard Gere. Uh, No, Your Honor, in terms of the story that's told in the 1995 Disney movie, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. it's far from the truth. I see. And what sort of pranks do you play on them? Um, usually it's around April Fool's Day, and mm-hmm. they're actually pretty weak pranks, um, but usually, you know, giving out a test or a quiz, having them take it, I see. Uh, it being this ridiculously hard, and then telling them that, you know, I pranked them. And we all have a oh. good laugh. You keep saying that, but I have no independent verification of that at all. <laughs> Can you provide a recording or... Yeah. Because when I asked Michelle, how did you feel when your husband-to-be claimed to have been cyber-stalking your life, did you have a good laugh at the end? She was like, um, it wasn't the best. (laughs) We've had better. We've had better, better. yes. What was the best, Michelle, in fairness, what was the best laugh that you had? What was what is Josh's best prank that made you actually happy and not just scared and confused? Ooh, ooh, happy, Your Honor. I would say the Josh. Oh well, the best. Be quiet. Well, okay. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I asked Michelle. Still, I guess you could still call this a this a bit of a prank, mm-hmm. but he um, the night that we got engaged. He surprised me with the engagement and then brought me back to the house where he had a surprise party waiting for me for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And the house and the party were filled with people who were there intending to celebrate my birthday and did not know that we were going to be engaged. So they all were surprised. So everybody was surprised, basically. Yeah, well, a um, surprise is different from a prank. Okay. The all prank right. would be if Josh was using my podcast to tell you that the whole relationship is a lie. That would... <laughs> He got you. Not be a good laugh. And we'd all have a good laugh. We Just like at the end of the story laugh. of Pocahontas. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, there have been a couple of instances where there was one instance where he. <laughs> one of the hiding incidents, uh, mm-hmm. he did not actually try to hide. He was actually hiding. He behind. accidentally hid. He no, he he wasn't actually trying. He just thought he would be funny by hiding behind a uh, a bunch of um, aprons that were hanging from a, a piece of a baker's rack in our kitchen. So he wasn't uh-huh. really actually hiding, and yet somehow I still became startled when I saw him, and that was actually hilarious because he was just crouched down behind a bunch of aprons. So that was a pretty funny uh- one. Is there I was any... laughing at my own ridiculousness, but... Yeah, because he wasn't playing a prank on you. I suppose except, he wasn't really. Except the universal prank of having more than one apron in a house. <laughs> you do have a I lot mean, of aprons. How many... I've never... I can't imagine... Why do you have a wall of aprons in your kitchen? <laughs> 
<laughs> we just have a bunch of them all hanging in one we spot. We both enjoy to cook. Yeah, we both cook, so we've accumulated a few over the years, I guess, collectively. Right, I Can you give me an example? I will ask one more time, Michelle, of one of Josh's true capital pra pranks where you were tricked or terrified that ended with you going, aha, that was great. Hmm. One example of the good laugh both you and Josh claim to have had. From 18 months of relationship and an engagement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've had good laughs together watching hilarious Topher Grace Richard Gere movies and stuff. <laughs> or Pocahontas. Right, or, or whatever. Disney's Pocahontas. But, but Josh claims you both have a good laugh when he tricks you. And even you have said, I, I, I have a good laugh. So what's an example of one that you, that you admire where you're like, I'm really, that was really fun that you did that. I'll tell you a good one because I actually sent a piece of evidence regarding this one because it, it did not right. startle me. It was pretty hilarious, although I was mad at him because it was dangerous. We um, we went on vacation um, a few months ago and rented a loft in the city we were in. Yes, and I'm Josh, looking at the evidence now. It's a, yes. it's a very nice uh, loft. It is in the city of Montreal. Do I understand it that is. correctly? All it right, is. It is indeed. Um, Trey Jolie. It was, it was Trey Jolie. Um, and... He, on the last night that we were there, had been scoping out this hiding place the whole time that we'd been there all week. He somehow shimmied himself up on top of um, a closet uh, because this was a loft space with high ceilings. There was sort of a storage area above this closet. Oh, okay. And, so is this a sort of like crawl space that I see on the yes. right hand side? We'll put this picture up on the on the website. But is this this crawl space I see above these two doors on the right hand side? Indeed, indeed. It's like a that storage space. All mm-hmm. right. And I would say so that's he, pretty high up. That's got to be about eight eight feet high, I would guess. It was. It was quite high up. And so I came you got out, up there, Josh? Yes, I did, Your Honor. How did you get down? This is where Michelle is going to continue her story, <laughs> Your Honor. All right. He, continue. Uh, he did not really foresee uh, the complications with uh, trying to get himself down from that closet. He, and he also did not realize that it was going to be a not very stable place for him to be up there. So he was mm-hmm. kind of hanging on precariously when I discovered him. And when I discovered him, it was actually, I laughed a lot. It was really funny. Um, but he uh, he did not know how to get down. So I had to... How did you end see... up discovering him? Did you hear him whimpering? Help me, help me. <laughs> I, I did not. I had to look. I had to look a couple other places. Before. I mean, it's a lost space. It doesn't have a lot of a lot of spaces to hide. So I was a little bit, uh, you know, I looked, you know, behind these curtains where he'd hidden previously in the week, uh, earlier in the week. And then when I turned around, um, I saw him grinning up atop this uh, closet space. So, uh, so I had, is it a situation where every time you come, first of all, it's hilarious, Josh, that you crawled up into a crawl space in order to surprise your wife and you got stuck there. I can see why we would all have a good laugh. I apologize, your fiance. (laughs) I can see why we would all have a good laugh at that because you tried to trick someone, but the trick turned around on you. That's comedy. Yes, it did, your honor. Not cruelty. Karma. <laughs> um, but essentially, is it the case, Michelle, that every time you come home, 
you have to look behind curtains and ferns and under couches, Not wary of being jumped, like Inspector Clouseau in the old <laughs> Pink Panther movies, where his where his manservant was it Kato? What was the name of? <clears throat> I think it was Inspector Kato, wasn't Clouseau's it? rather racist caricature of a butler. Um. Cato was the Green Hornet's rather racist it character. Is, it oh, was Cato. Yeah, Cato. Okay. Not exactly. It's not every time. Um, All right. It varies with frequency, but there are plenty of times when I come home and it is silent and uh, the car is in the driveway, so I know he's in there. So I tread carefully. Whoa. <laughs> Did you say silent or violent? Silent. Silent. Now, in the brief that was submitted to me, Josh. Yes, Your Honor. In your defense, you submitted that your practical jokes and surprises are all in good fun. And they have actually helped Michelle be a little more relaxed overall. Tell that me about correct, that. That is correct, Your Honor. Um, so, <clears throat> um, so when Michelle and I uh, first started dating, um, she would be a little... Uh, I, I'm trying to find what the word is. Uh, just a little guarded, um, a little jumpy. Uh, so, for example, mm -hmm. um, a loud noise. If we walk through a city and there's a siren, she'll jump. Mm -hmm. If we're home cooking um, and the smoke detector goes off, she jumps every time. Mm -hmm. Now, Michelle is uh, trained in the martial arts. She Go actually on. has a... She's a second degree uh, black belt in uh, jujitsu. She is why, a Nidan. Why? Why do you still have an intact windpipe? <laughs> well, see, part. I mean, this is part of the issue. Um, what the reason why this case was brought was there was one time she came home from uh, jujitsu training, and I hid behind our front door. We have a small bench. And mm -hmm. I was perched on the bench. She opened the door wide, uh, you know, called for me. I didn't answer. She shut the door behind her and I jumped out at her and she screamed really loudly. And this and... is your evidence that she's a little uptight. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, your honor. Hold on. One time I scared her to death and she <laughs> didn't like it. I was like, geez, you lose, you're wound a little tight. Fiance, <laughs> I'm only I'm only jumping out of a crawl space at at you with a machete. What's what's the big deal? Let me help uh, you to relax a little bit by doing this every day. <laughs> oh, guess what, honey? You'll like this. I got you a massage, and for myself, I got a spooky mask to wear when I jump <laughs> out at you during the massage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting, Josh, that your consistently jumping out and scaring Michelle is some sort of immersion therapy where she will eventually become so traumatized that a mental callus will build up and she will no longer commit the horrible sin and error of jumping at a police siren? You know what I think is going to happen? It's going to be like my dad who has post-traumatic stress disorder. And every time a grocery store truck goes by, Michelle's going to jump up and go. <laughs> <laughs> Does your dad have that reaction to 
all trucks or just grocery store trucks? <laughs> that was the primary large size truck that would drive oh, okay. past our house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish to make light of of, no. of, of your of your That's dad's exactly PTSD. That's exactly what we're making light of here. <laughs> I just I just found that to be very curious. If there was some something specific to old old time San Francisco grocery trucks that he was, was specific, in, he was in a naval unit that was targeted specifically against grocery trucks. <laughs> anyway, sorry you guys. <clears throat> we're just making fun of Jesse's dad's trauma. <laughs> Uh, so, Your Honor, after that happened, um, she was, uh, this was one of the very few times, if not one of the only times she was upset after um, one of my pranks or surprises. And um, she actually was upset with herself because she is trained in the martial arts, but yet every time she gets scared um, and startled. And to be you know, to be a little serious, you know, yeah, par- partly, like, I am trying to relax her and, you know, in a fun, but also in a not, you know, dangerous way, um, because none of these pranks, you know, they've all been good natured and uh, none have had long lasting effects. Um, so you see this as a kind of commando training? Yeah, wait, <laughs> You you seem to be making the the claim that you are at once helping her to relax while also sharpening her reflexes to be prepared for an attack at any time. You are sure, literally Honor, describing yes. that your life is being Cato from the Pink Panther movie. <laughs> yes. Without the racism, yes. Michelle? Yes. What do you make of this argument that uh Josh jumping out at you will help you relax? First of all, do you need to relax? I I will admit I will concede to the fact that I have uh, loosened up quite a bit since we've been together. Um, I think I do have some more fun, and again, for the most part, his antics, you know, I am like totally fine with, and we do have a laugh. Um, in this particular instance, I think what I believe is that in the split second where he is jump out jumping out at me, my brain recognizes that he's a safe person and that's why he hasn't gotten popped in the face yet or in other places. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe there is validity to the uh, commando training, quote unquote, um, that he's proposing here. And I think that we could all still live a very fun, enjoyable, happy life without um, these incidences of him popping out uh, to startle me. But we, Bef- we have good laughs. I hid in a uh, a hotel room yeah, recently. We, yeah, we know. We know that you make that claim. <laughs> if I hear the phrase "good laughs" one more time, I'm gonna get out this taser on my belt and go to town. There, there's a little bit of the of the insistent repetition of that term that that presses a button for me of a of a bully saying to a a bullied person, "Can't you take a joke, nerd?" You know, like, this is funny. Stop crying. So don't say it again. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Before we wrap this up, Michelle, I just need to know, tell me a little yes. bit about your uh, martial arts training and how that helps you in the nonprofit world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps. I would say it helps me stay calm um, and to sort of redirect people who are perhaps, you know, unhappy. Um but uh, but what specific of, what specifically? How long have you been training in martial arts, and what what uh, what schools and styles and um, 
And and could you demonstrate some karate chops on Josh, for example? Of course, of course. Uh, no, actually, I don't like to injure him. Um, but uh, I've been training for about almost 11 years total um, in a, a style of jiu-jitsu called American jiu-jitsu. It's sort of based out of uh, Japanese styles, and it's very mm-hmm. self-defense oriented. And so. what and what's what's what uh, spurred you to uh, to uh, do this? Um, I shortly out of college just decided I was going to take a self-defense course because I thought it would mm-hmm. be a smart thing to do. I'd always wanted to take one and mm-hmm. it turned out to be a jujitsu class and I kind of fell in love with that. I've never had any aptitude for, uh, any other sort of sporting type event in my entire life. <laughs> uh, so this was the first time that I actually found something that, um, this sort of felt good and that I enjoyed and seemed to have any kind of aptitude for. So I continued you, with it. And do you continue to actively train? I do. And I teach as well. What do you enjoy about it the most? Um, aside from the, the camaraderie among the, the students and the instructors, which is, you know, a huge part of it. Um, I like being able to, you know, in addition to training myself, I like to share that knowledge with other people um, and mm-hmm. empower them and, and to help them uh, feel more confident um, in defending themselves. So, and it's super fun. Have you ever had occasion to use your training in a non-classroom or a competition context? Um, not um, phys- not physically speaking. I've not been in an altercation, but I lived in New York City for many years, and it did uh, help me to bump into people a lot less frequently <laughs> as you learn how to dodge oh, I thought, the crowds. I thought you were going to say bump into them a lot more effectively. <laughs> no, no, no. It helps you slip through the crowds uh, a lot more easily, so I didn't get bumped into as much, but... Would you be comfortable and willing to use your training if unforeseen circumstances were to come to pass? Like, I don't know, uh, like if a guy was hiding in the crawl space of an apartment you were renting and he jumped out at you and yelled. I would absolutely, provided he weren't uh, the person I plan to spend my life with. Um, But uh, yes, absolutely, I would. And again, that person is lucky he has not gotten popped yet. Hopefully he won't. <laughs> so final arguments. And very quickly, Michelle, having heard Josh's arguments about how scaring you is loosening you up and you all have good laughs, uh, do you still feel that I should uh, prohibit him from jumping out at you? I do, absolutely. I think that there are many other explain, fun aspects. Explain to, to Josh why. Explain to Josh why. Well, I feel that there are lots of opportunities for you to sort of express that prankster-ish side of of yourself, um, that you do it pretty frequently in all sorts of different contexts. And on the whole, I really am very happy with those types of activities or things. And they don't, maybe I'll roll my eyes at you, but I certainly don't get upset. This is the one instance that actually gets me kind of upset. And I think that we could probably still have a lot of fun and uh, enjoy ourselves. And I can still continue to be a fun person, a fun, uh, you know, person for you to live with without having to deal with the scaring aspect. And, and, and spoon stealing and, and, and pretend computer hacking and other mind games are all still on the table. 
Michelle, it's still okay? <laughs> they are. I'm, my my right. senses are sharpening around some right. of that stuff. They will, I will continue to hone them over time. Yeah. That's, yeah. That all head, stuff head, is all okay. Head games, that's marriage. You know, that's what... That's what, that's what, that's what. <laughs> all right, Josh. We're training early. Yes, Your Honor. I've heard your defense of, of the jump out. You've heard what Michelle has to say. Any final arguments for why this behavior should be allowed to continue? Um, the only thing I can say, Your Honor, in my defense is uh, Michelle is, uh, and she, she started off her conversation with you uh, today saying that she's a very easily rileable. Um, she's very easy to scare. And it will be hard uh, not to scare her in some ways. That's all, that's all I was going to say. It would be not not on my side, but quite possibly on hers, where, you know, with some pranks or some things that I do that she won't jump or be startled. Right. So you're saying you you can't help it if if you're if you're just jumping out of a hamper one day and she happens to be scared. Because that's just her nature. <laughs> it, that is her nature, as it is mine to be a prankster, Your Honor. I think I've heard everything I need to make my decision. I'm going to blend into uh, the camouflage of this uh, stack of ferns and aprons I have over here and go into the, the secret tunnel to my chambers. I'll be back in a moment to render my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Michelle, how are you feeling about your chances in this case? I'm feeling fairly confident, though I'm afraid that the judge with the hamper reference just gave Josh a new idea of some place to hide. But other than that, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> I feel I represented myself honestly, and um, and I think that the I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Josh, I'm sure you're confident going into this decision, and that afterwards, no matter which way it goes, we'll all have a good laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you think that you're going to prevail? Um, Jesse, I'm going to have to be honest. Um, one of the reasons why I love uh, Michelle uh, so much is because uh, she is so uh, even keeled, you know, um, and uh, she's, she thinks before she speaks or does anything. Um, I think she presented a very strong case. Um, I don't feel very confident, I will have to admit. Um, so we'll just have to see about what the judge says. Well, we'll find out what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a second. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. 
I have one of these and I got one for my dad and I got one for my mother-in-law and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long and we're able to easily update their aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Wait. Wait, where's Josh? I don't see him here. Where? Josh? Could Josh ah! come back in? <laughs> Thanks for playing along that time, Josh. You may be yeah, seated, all, and so may you. It's all right. We're all having a good laugh over here. <laughs> let's let's leave that phrase aside for a moment, please. <laughs> <laughs> the more often you say it, the more insidious it sounds. <laughs> Michelle, you may also be seated. Josh, first of all, you are lucky to be alive. Because you, <laughs> you, have chosen you don't to know how right you are, Your Honor. You have chosen to express your affection, which is obvious, for your wife-to-be by jumping out in front of a trained martial artist. And Michelle, you uh, you should not uh, feel bad that you have not yet punched Josh's chest in and pulled out his beating heart in self-defense. It is not a reflection on your training. It is simply that you are so quick-witted and on gut level, you know 
that you love this man, even when he is your enemy, <laughs> that you stop yourself from disemboweling him with your pinky, and instead continue on your plans to marry him. And that is fine. However, I recently took a trip to Los Angeles with my family. And we went, at the risk of buzz marketing, to a little attraction called Universal Studios. And it was the suggestion of one of my human children that we go through the House of Horrors. And Jesse, have you ever been through the House of Horrors at Universal Studios? I haven't, Judge Hodgman. Well, let me tell you what it is. I thought... I thought that it was going to be incredible animatronic recreations of some of the great universal horror movie horror monsters. Your mummies, your Frankensteins, your werewolves. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. What it was was a cheap haunted house. A walk through the dark where people in horrible scare masks would jump out at you. And it was the worst feeling I have ever had in my life. <laughs> I truly, true, like it. It looked, it looked good in there, and they did put a lot of money into creating like uh, Doctor Frankenstein's laboratory or whatever. But all of that was lost because you had a dude in makeup with an axe leaping in front of your face, and that feels terrible. Every, you guys do not have human children, but one thing I do not want to do when I pay a significant amount of money for an attraction, for a ride, for fun, is to feel the horrible, uh, the horrible cell level DNA DNA level fight of my body trying to choose whether or not to defend itself or my children. <laughs> <laughs> I did not need to go through that existential dilemma. I did not need to feel the convulsion of intense fear that then led to the 15, well, I don't think it was 15 minutes, thank heavens, but the several minutes more of intense dread as I walked through that thing and got jumped out at again and again and again. I don't know. It seemed to me so surprising that this otherwise very, very pleasant theme park experience should have at its as one of its main attractions something as simplistically brutal and cruel as this. Now, some people I'm sure really love it and they're going to write in that they're so mad at me because I, I gave this thing the Tower of Terror treatment. Like, remember how I was on a previous podcast, I was, I was dissing the Tower of Terror? Well, guess what, Jesse Thorne? I went on the Tower of Terror with Judge John Hodgman editor Mark McConville on this same trip. And you know what I did not feel? What's that? Terror. I felt joy. Hmm. Everything that everyone said about it was absolutely right. It is just a dumb carnival ride where you're dropped from a great height, but it was beautifully themed, as they say. Hmm. And the the lobby of this fake hotel looked fantastic. The quality of the fake uh, 
Rod Sterling was pretty good. And we all had a good time. We all took a picture. We'll put it up on the, on the line. You know what I mean? You know what I felt in the House of Horrors? What's that? Horror! <laughs> and now I'm afraid of houses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pranks can be things of beauty. I really loved the Jerky Boys. I got to tell you, Jesse, that was a big... When that was circulated on cassette tapes back in the 1860s when I was in college... That really made me think a lot about comedy because some of that was really, really funny. But all of it, of course, was predicated on deception and a, uh, 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 a, a lack of empathy and a lack of caring for another human being's life and confusion. The other human being who is involved in a prank will always go through a moment of confusion, disorientation, and and small terror. Um, and then when the prank is revealed, it may be that it is so artful and so wonderful that the resolution of that terror is extreme happiness, good laughs, as you hear them say, <laughs> or maybe, an, or maybe a, an impromptu engagement party, for example. But you can't practice this art form without causing at least confusion and disorientation in your fellow person. That said, I think it is a, a, a good art form. I mean, I think it's a valid art form. Uh, the, the intrusion and um, sociopathy of a prank uh, is not so much greater than the intrusion and sociopathy, for example, of stealing stories from your family and putting them into a short story and selling it to the New Yorker or whatever. But of course, there are levels. And I think that that's what Michelle is saying here. You can play all kinds of mind games on her and make her think like she's losing her mind or that you're some kind of weird cyber stalker. As I say, head games are all what marriage is all about. <laughs> but prompting the threat response over and over and over again, I think is uh, ultimately debilitating to one's nerves. And so it is that I cannot agree with you that we have these good laughs. And the only person who would say such a thing is one who had been terrorized into thinking it was true. I hereby order you, Josh, to stop scaring your wife purposefully. Believe me. Are you, are you guys going to have uh, children, do you think? It's a personal question. We're but planning on it. Yes, I insist that you answer it. Yeah. You're going to have enough terror in your life. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and, and lie and and lie on some incredibly aggressively painful beaches in Maine and tell yourselves tell each other all kinds of fake synopses of ridiculous movies. That's a good way to entertain each other. But don't do not crawl into crawl spaces and leap out at people because at some point, you know, this is going to turn into someone getting punched, someone getting hurt, someone getting really too scared than they should be, or or a guy dressing up as Santa Claus and getting stuck in the chimney and burning up on Christmas Eve. So that's a reference to gremlins, you guys. I find in Michelle's favor, this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. 
Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Michelle, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel that uh, justice was on my side. Josh, how about you? Um, I think it's fair. Um, I don't think whatever uh, Michelle uh, was asking for in this case was outrageous. I think uh, the judge uh, made many good points when he had uh, Michelle talk to me and tell me, um, you know, how she felt. I felt like, you know, that that did it for me. And so. Plus, you already taught I, her a lesson, right? Okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, have you ever heard the expression to punch up? Uh, I'm afraid not. It's a comedy expression, a term of art. It means that when you make a joke or mock, you want to make a joke or mock at someone who is more powerful or more deserving of mockery than you are. Hmm. Do you think that was the case when you were jumping out in front of your wife? No, of uh, my fiance. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. She is definitely not more deserving the mockery than I am. Michelle, Josh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to be on Judge John Hodgman. Pleasure was Thank ours, Jesse. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. was just trying to relax in my apartment in Paris. Great news! Now you'll relax even better! <laughs> Jesse, uh, this goes out to all the listeners. I listened to all those Jerky Boys tapes, and on, on this one cassette tape that is now missing in my life, it's gone away, there was another prank call that I've never been able to find again. and involved a guy calling up an exterminator in a very thick Louisiana southern accent going... Yeah, I want to know what we're going to do about the bugs. <laughs> we got all the bugs down here, and we could turn this into a street fight. <laughs> and when the woman just said, well, I need some more information, he would just get so mad. He goes, this isn't experience. This isn't qualified. <laughs> and I've wanted to hear this thing now for probably 20 years, and I have done every Google search possible 
to find street fight, bugs, exterminator, prank, experience, qualified. If anyone within the sound of my failing voice, I'm a little under the weather, everybody. Sorry about that. If anyone within the sound of my failing voice knows what I'm talking about and can can provide it to the Judge John Hodgman podcast by writing me hodgman at maximumfun.org, I'll send you a free T-shirt. Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage T-shirt. How about in your size? No less. You know this one, Jesse? Do you know what I'm talking about? Does it mean something to you? I don't, but I will tell you this. If it's a cassette-only release, you've got a good shot because cassettes have apparently come back around. I say this based on the fact that I went to a new record store the other day. Yeah. A relatively new record store. Came yeah, to discover, I've heard of it. Came to discover that it was a records and tapes store. <laughs> It sold used LPs and used cassettes. What? Uh, the cassettes, which you would think would cost $2 yeah. or $1. Right. Cost $10 or $14. No. Yes. And they were for people who are so past listening to LPs. But at least there was an argument for, for listening to LPs. An yeah. An audiophonic or an audiophilic argument. I think the argument for listening to cassettes, the only one I can think of is that there is no argument for listening to cassettes. Yeah. They also sold Walkman. Well, that's cool. <laughs> well, they were those yellow sports Walkman. Yeah, and if you have one of those, what are you going to put inside of it to listen to music? A ham sandwich? Probably not. You know how much a used Walkman costs? $50. 85 Ugh, I was off by $35. Yeah. If I got my math right. That's 70% oh, if I got my math right. Well, I think we're getting our math right pretty good. What does the math say about uh, who named this case? This week's case was named by Kate Lucky. And if you want to name a case on the Judge John Hodgman podcast, you can like us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com. Uh, search for Judge John Hodgman, click like, and, uh, you know, we'll, we ask for submissions. You can also follow us on Twitter. Hodgman is at Hodgman. I'm at Jesse Thorne. Uh, and uh, join our forum at forum.maximumfun.org. Folks, I'm sitting here in front of my friend Jesse Thorne, which is not something I get to do a whole heck of a lot. I happen to be in Los Angeles. I am on the American road. As of this recording, uh, Thursday night, September 11th, I will be performing here in L.A. at the Largo Theater. And then I will continue on the road to Austin and then in October to Philadelphia, Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, Akron, Ohio, Pittsburgh, and on on to New England. It's a big old-fashioned tour where you can see me in person and more or less alive. And if you'd like to find out how you can get tickets, come to johnhodgman.com slash tour. Sounds like they're calling right now for tickets. And I'm going to be live here in Los Angeles on October 15th with Bullseye at the uh, the Masonic Lodge at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, a spectacular venue. We're going to have live music and comedy, and uh, I'm going to interview some major entertainment celebrities. It's going to be a real blast. But most importantly, it's going to be the big kickoff of Max Fun Week. Max Fun Week is going to be a week of celebrating all things Max Fun, with, uh, we're going to do Reddit AMAs. Everybody's doing Reddit AMAs. We're doing crossover episodes of all our podcasts. And uh, we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff uh, throughout that week to uh, spread the word about Maximum Fun and celebrate all the things that we do and uh, do awesome stuff for you, our valued and beloved listeners. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. So mark your calendars for October 15th and then circle that and then draw a line through the next week. 
and then you'll know that's Max Fun Week. Anything what that has a of, line what, through it. What color pen should I use? I mean, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you use a red pen. My only concern is that you might think it's some sort of correction or error. How about like a a nice green sharpie? Would that be all right? Do you have one? Yeah, I got all the colors. You had a rainbow pack of sharpies? Yeah, yeah, totally. Somebody went to Costco. <laughs> Sorry to buzz market. A lot of brand names there, everybody. But let's face it, where are you going to get sharpies? <laughs> you got to get them. if you're going to get them, you're going to get them twelve at a time. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Jennifer Marmer engineered this week's program. Our producer is Julia Smith. Editor, Mark McConville. Um, uh, yeah, gee whiz. Uh, oh, you can talk about our show on Reddit if you want. It's reddit.com slash r slash Maximum Fun. Uh, lots of people congregating there lately. Um, uh, you know, I mean, maybe Reddit's a little terrible as a company. Hard to say. <laughs> Hard to say. But yeah, there's already nice people there in the Maximum Fun thing. So go, you can go talk to them. It's a, it's a community that has a lot of members with a lot of different priorities. Let's put it that way. That way. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Court is adjourned. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.